Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Tuesday, May 28th, 2019, and you know what that means. It's time to get nerdy, y'all. Welcome to episode number 104 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. I'm Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy, and I've got my comrade in gaming commentary here with me, the miggity 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 Mac, also known as Maction. Mac, how are things, buddy? Things are going well. I had quite a uh, frustrating but ultimately successful weekend, if you don't mind me sharing. I want to hear about it, man. Let's hear about it. So, my computer, for the longest time, it's been on Windows 7. Or, uh, sorry, Windows 10, not Windows 7. I was going to say, what kind of computer are you using that you have Windows 7? uh, I'm using one like your computer. My, you know what? Here's the thing. We talk about this occasionally. My computer is really not that bad and can run most, if not all, games. So, anyway, go ahead, buddy. Okay, okay. I believe you. <laughs> no, um, uh, but uh, there's always been this problem where um, there have been updates, right? The computer has tried to update, and it always seems to fail over and over and over again. The updates will fail. It will say... You know, Windows Update failed to install. Click here to learn more. I click there, and it never tells me anything about why it failed or how to fix it or anything like that. And so for the most part, I would just do little things to try and make it stop updating. Like disable this, delete that. And uh, those tended to be, you know, stopgap measures. Like they would work for a little while. Uh, I'm talking like, you know, I'd be able to stop it for three months. Uh, Stop it for... Uh, you know, for four months maybe, but then yeah, it ine- was a, it was a temporary fix. Yeah, but then inevitably it would start keep trying, and it would do it daily on a daily basis. We'd have downloads that attempted uh, to you know that it attempted to happen, but just never actually worked. Um, and so finally, this time around, I got fed up with it, and I was like, I will take as long as it it, it I will stay awake as long as it takes to make this happen. Because uh, the way I finally did it is basically I took my computer, my desktop, and I started unplugging every single thing that was not 100% necessary to operation. So, uh, yeah, uh, optical drive, CD drive, yeah, unplugged that. Uh, Wireless card, well, this thing's uh, plugged in wired, so unplugged that. And then just kept trying after I unplugged every piece of equipment until hopefully it would just work. Because some people had said that that helped when they had issues with updates. And sure enough, after five uh, attempts to get the computer to update, um, and, and keep in mind that there's a whole backlog of updates at this point in time, so it was like a two and a half hour ordeal each time. I finally got it. The last thing I unplugged was that wireless card. I have it here. I will be taking this out into the parking lot later tonight and destroying it. But, but why wouldn't you just keep it just in case you later need it, Mac? Um, wired will always be better than wireless. So I'm I don't think I'll I don't think I'll need it. But with that being said, uh, I finally found the offensive part. So take warning by me if you happen to be in the situation where you need your uh, computer to update but it's just not updating, maybe Maybe try pulling that wireless card. It might just do the trick. So 
Uh, that's kind of the only interesting thing, interesting and exciting thing that happened this week for me, aside from, you know, the usual stuff. So, uh, yeah, what about you, Mr. Nice Guy? Honestly, man, it was a really, really basic week. The weekend was good because it was a three-day weekend. Happy Memorial Day. Shout out to all those that have made our country free and continue to make it free and have sacrificed their lives uh, for our freedom. Want to give a shout out to all the veterans out there. And uh, and so, Mac, I had the day off, um, and it was it was a typical nice guy weekend. Um, ribs were involved. A little bit of gaming was involved. We'll talk about that later. Some TV was involved. Swimming. Jumping on the trampoline with the kids was involved. Sleeping outside with the kids was involved. All the stuff that you do when you're a dad, but you still are a cool dad, so you get some video games in there. Um, that was pretty much it, Mac. I really have no like crazy stories to share this time. Well, lack of crazy, I think, is kind of a good thing. I think so, too, but I say we get a little bit crazy and do what we do best and hop right into the gaming news, man. What do you think about that? I concur. Oh, dang, I can't concur. I can only agree. We would need at least one other person to agree so that I could concur. Quick, somebody in the chat, agree so that I can concur. Accounting for the 30-second lag, I concur. Let's get right into the gaming news. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is episode number 104 of Two Nerds in a Pod, nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Today we're going to be talking about Super Mario Maker 2, Sony getting sued, Dauntless, and some other really cool stuff. So let's get right into it. Um, And in fact, Mac, let's start. With Dauntless. Now, this is a free-to-play game, and I say this a lot, but I think there's a chance that this could be a Maction game. Okay. And I pray that it is. Now, let's let's read about it and see. The, this is on GameInformer.com by Suriel Vasquez. Uh, Dauntless, the free-to-play riff on Monster Hunter Formula, the Monster Hunter Formula, from the folks at Phoenix Labs, is proving fairly popular with fans and has racked up an impressive 6 million players in its first week. Dauntless has been in open beta for a while now, but that's still an impressive milestone to reach. Since the game released on May 21st, it has managed to double its total player base. Since the open beta, Phoenix Labs has updated, optimized, and added content to the game. It also helps that the game is available on, wait for it, console as well, and that PS4 and Xbox One are able to share progress and, Mac, play with people on PC where it's available on, now don't get too angry, the Epic Game Store, but not Steam. According to Phoenix Lab, 60% of parties include players on different consoles working together. To see how the game fared during its initial launch, check out the review. So, Mac, this is basically, I don't know if you've ever played Monster Hunter or watched anyone play Monster Hunter, but it's co-op. You're going around, you're hunting big monsters, um, big beautiful worlds, collecting armor for your character. Dude, If like literally, if you got into this game... We could dual stream and just like communicate over Discord or Skype or something. I'm on PS4 or Xbox. You're on PC. We're hunting monsters. We're having a good time. I've told the story on this stream like 10 times about how Monster Hunter uh, Try helped me get through a, like a, a difficult time at one point. And this game is pretty much the same thing. So just based on the elevator pitch that I've given you, what do you think about this game? Um, the elevator pitch sounds great. Um, however, I'm, I mean, I'm not taken with the Epic Store. But here's the thing, dude. So, if, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. If, uh, if there was a really, really cool Mega Man game, you you would still play it on the Epic Game Store, right? And if it was exclusive to the Epic Game Store, but not on Steam, 
that's a bad analogy because that would never happen. But I guess my point is, if there's something that you really, really wanted, and it came from a source that you didn't like, but it was free, wouldn't you still use that platform to get it for free? Um, n- maybe. I mean, uh, getting it for free is not really the question. I would rather pay money for it, but uh, but it what really if that's is not platform. an option, though. Like, if it's, it's not, not an option, an right option now. and I had to had to, then I might. Then I might. However, if it's the situ- circumstance where it's uh, exclusive to the Epic Store for a little while, and then it's going to be on others, I might be willing to wait. I'm probably willing to wait. Well, it sounds like in this case that is not what's going to happen. It sounds like it's strictly going to be on the Epic Game Store. We'll have to fact check ourselves on that. But Mac, literally, I think this could be our game, man. Especially since it's cross-play. Um, I know free is not the issue, but it helps that it's free because then you're not investing something that you're not sure if you'll like it or not. You're only investing your time, right? Um, So anyway, we'll think about it. We'll talk about it more off of the stream. Let us know in the chat if you guys have been playing Dauntless and what you think about it. <clears throat> um, I right, will next. say that Pazzy has chimed in that uh, it's a faster action game with a much more friendly and casual mission progression system, and he's very hopeful for it. So we've at least got one person uh, who's uh, had some experience with the beta. Yeah, have you ever played any games like that where you're? It's not a raid type of game, but where you're like co-op hunting a monster or anything like that. Hmm. Or co-op uh, trying to take something down. Yeah, co-op taking down, uh, taking down zombies in the Left 4 Dead games. Okay. Well, this is similar, different in that you're going after one big thing. But anyway, moving on. Uh, this next story is on GameSpot.com, and it is by Eddie Mackick. It says, The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, ACCC, is going after Sony over claims that the PlayStation Company made, quote, false or misleading statements, unquote, to Australian gamers in regards to refunds. Specifically, the ACC said in a statement, that it takes issue with Sony Europe's statement in September 2017 that the company was not required to provide refunds for downloaded games, or if two weeks had passed since the purchase. Quote, Sony Europe also allegedly told consumers it did not have to provide refunds unless the game developer told the consumer the game was irreparably faulty or otherwise authorized a refund. It also told consumers that it could provide refunds using virtual PlayStation currency instead of money. The ACC statement continues. Uh, They basically are saying this is false... Or misleading. Mac, I know I just read that quickly, but being kind of our legal expert that you play here on the stream, um, what do you think, man? Do you think that Sony, do you think that the ACCC, I hope I got the right number of C's in there, has a valid claim in this case against Sony? Maybe. I honestly am very out of my depth with with law that isn't in the United States, um, and... I just don't know enough about consumer protections, uh, but uh, for a big organization like that, they probably, you know, they probably wouldn't be uh, making the case in the first place if they didn't have some a leg to stand on. It's a very valid point, man. Very valid point. Well, Sony's not a small company, so we'll see what they come back with as a counter argument. But moving on, GameInformer.com. This next article is by Surreal Vasquez. 
It says, eSports company Face It is sponsoring a major Apex Legends tournament series, which will run for the next couple of months. The first broadcast of the event will run this Friday, May 31st from 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and will feature a weekly event for the next seven Fridays after that, concluding on July 26th. The event will feature 16 teams, 14 of which will include a number of established eSports teams. So for those of you who follow eSports, you got some of your favorites in here. 100 Thieves, Cloud9, CounterLogic Gaming, Complexity, so on and so forth. You got the Misfits, Team Liquid, etc. The final two teams will be determined by a two-day qualifier featuring teams from the Apex Pro Discord channel. The event will be streamed live each, each week on Faceit's official Twitch channel and feature one team streaming from the Faceit studio while other teams face them online, with every player streaming their own feed of the match. Each weekly event has a $5,000 prize up for grabs and a season-wide $10,000 prize will go to the best-performing Steam... That doesn't make sense throughout the series. I think it meant to say team, but they added an S on the front. Um, Apex Legend, my favorite game right now, Mac. Do you watch anything competitive uh, on Twitch? Pretty much just speedruns, huh? Yeah, speedrunning is about as competitive as it gets for me. Is there any money in speedrunning? I've always wondered that. Or is it just kind of the pride of holding a world record? Because everything else competitive gaming, there's there's cash up for grabs. Uh, You know, so... Um, there has been an ever so slight amount of cash up for grabs at speedrunning events. Um, I believe speedrun.com has done some stuff on Twitch that has, uh, you know, that has had like a, a financial pot. I know I've seen Sinister One tweet about it a few times. So uh, I'm sure that there is some, but in comparison to the other esports, not really. Okay, understood, understood. Um, well, Mac, this next news story is one that maybe we can delve a little bit deeper into. I didn't want to make it the topic of the week because it's something that we've kind of discussed before. But because this new study just came out, I feel like we would not be what we are, which is gaming commentators, if we didn't talk about it. So this is on Polygon.com by ONS Good. Um, it says the World Health Organization today adopted a revision to the International Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems, it's a mouthful, and that includes, for the first time ever, gaming disorder, which is considered an addictive behavior disorder. Gaming disorder is listed after gambling disorder in ICD-11 and uses that disorder's language almost word for word, replacing gambling with gaming. Gaming disorder was formerly pathological gambling in ICD-10, which uh, the World Health Organization ratified in 1990. The text of ICD-11 was finalized a year ago, and today's action at the 72nd World Health Assembly uh, was its formal adopting. The revision takes effect January 1st, 2020. I'm not going to read too much more into this. Um, uh, Mac, what do you think, man? Why are we getting this specific with with it being related to gaming? When I, I don't even know how to ask a question about this. What do you think, man? Uh, because it's visible. Um, I mean, when something becomes visible, people tend to pathologize it. So, yeah. Um, I mean... Well, yeah. it, it, yeah. in the article, it says that t previously it just fell under the same category as gambling. Now they've broken it down and said that it's about gaming. And I was just doing some research online. They also, today or at least I saw the article was posted today, um, specified that burnout from work is also a disorder that can happen. So are they just trying to get attention? Are they just making up new disorders all willy-nilly? 
Um, or, or what is the purpose of this? Well, so I'm a little bit biased, Mr. Nice Guy. I know I've mentioned before that uh, back in the day, I was I made a reasonable amount of progress along a degree in psychology until I parted ways, primarily, uh, primarily relating to the early conversations about uh, you know about changes to depression that they were making between the DSM four and the DSM five. Okay. So. Um, I mean, I'm biased. I feel like in a lot of ways, uh, we over-pathologize a lot of things. And, uh, you know, while you may want to be able to discreetly put labels on everything, I've always felt like we were a little bit too complicated for that. And uh, so I'm not really a fan, in essence, is what I'm saying. But why they're doing it, I mean, I really don't know. Burnout for work, sure. I guess that's a disorder. Or maybe that's just, you know, a fact of life, of sitting behind a desk and doing the same thing for hours on end, hours upon hours, in exchange for, arguably, everyone would argue it's not enough money, no matter who you are. So, eh. Yeah, I mean, eventually they're going to have, you know, a specific MMO disease listed, a specific first-person shooter listed, a specific battle royale disorder. Um, I I don't know. I guess you're right. Gaming is visible with the 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 prevalence, or maybe relevance. I don't know which word we're using in this case of new games like Fortnite. Um, it, I mean, it's just it's become such a it's transcended gaming, right? It's become a cultural phenomenon. Like in the Avengers, there was a Fortnite reference. Spoiler alert. Um, and so now I think they're like, you know what? Let's go after this. Kids are quitting school to do this professionally. Um, it's it's causing issues. Let's let's make this new disorder. So, anyway, last news story, Mac. On a little bit more of a fun note, this is on GameInformer.com, uh, and it is written by Brian Shea. It says, in 2015, iComic game creator Hideo Kojima experienced a falling out with the publisher Konami, seemingly in the midst of development of Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain, and the now-canceled Silent Hills. Upon the expiration of his contract, Kojima announced that he was joining forces with Sony to make his next game. That game was revealed during Sony's, excuse me, PlayStation's next E3 presentation in 2016, but the reveal left more questions than answers. Um, Subsequent trailers and looks have followed a similar trend, offering fans glimpses of what is in the game, but delivering little substance. It's gotten to the point where after last E3, we said that Kojima Productions and Sony should stop teasing Death Stranding and just show it already. Uh, So it it goes on to say real quick, with Sony not attending E3 this year, any concrete details seem unlikely. However, this morning, the official Kojima Productions Twitter account announced that something is coming later this week. According to the tweet, May 29th is when the countdown is ending. You can see the tweet below. So, Mac, 2016 is when this game was announced. Um, and it's 2019 now, and we haven't really seen any of it. Is there any rational explanation for this type of behavior and teasing something so far in advance with so little substance? Games take a lot of time to make. Yeah, but if you okay, so Mac, you're making a game. Let's say you're making a game, and let's now, say you're a high careful, profile. Now, be careful. Be careful. I am. Uh, I, I'm the type of person who has unrealistic expectations of game making. So, right. Okay, but let's say you're making a game, and you also have just had a falling out with your previous employer, and it was also a game studio. Do you tease the game immediately, or do you wait until it's more than an idea? I mean, you're the playable demo guy. You always say games need a playable demo. 
So I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, so uh, one of the things that's very nice about teasing something immediately having parted ways is that gives you a little, you know, a little up yours to your old company, you know, a little, I'll be all right without you, a little bit of, uh, you know, walking past their house with somebody new on your arm. Not that I've done any of those, you understand, but you get the, uh, you get the point, um, that it's a good way to be like, hey, look, I'm still going to be fine, even though we've parted ways. Uh, look how much better off I am. So that's, you know, that's something. And if your name is something that's popular, in the case of Kojima, that probably helps you get a lot of initial funding, investment, and interest in what you're doing. Uh, but no, for my part, I prefer to have something substantive. Uh, if I were doing it, I would not be teasing something immediately until I had something. And honestly, I think that's exactly what this is. I think it was kind of an up yours to Konami. He wanted to say, hey, I'm still working on cool stuff. I got Norman Reedus of The Walking Dead. He's going to be in the game. Um, you know, And so I, I really believe that's what it was. And I see this a lot in the comedy world where comedians will post a lot of stuff that they have coming up. And it's not because they really believe that all of their friends and family are going to come to all of their upcoming shows. It's just because they want other comedians to know how much they're getting booked. And it's more of a pride thing than it is an actual substance thing. So that's what I think is happening here. Um, we're seeing a similar thing happening with The Last of Us 2. They announced that game forever ago. We've seen some stuff. But it's been too long since the time they announced it. I feel like Sony should have waited on both of these games. So that's our news for the week. Mac, back over to you, buddy. All right. Well, now that we've taken a look at stuff, you know, going on right now, let's take a look into the past. And uh, I think I've said before that uh, May and June tend to be months that, that gaming history, you know, that, that good, awesome releases uh, are a little bit tough to come by. Um, I will mention that Perfect Dark released in 2000 for the N64 and Overwatch relieved in, released in 2016 for the then-current-gen consoles. Um, those are kind of the only real video game history ones we have, and neither of those really especially mean much to me so uh instead i i if real quick if oh, i could just say overwatch please. uh overwatch did release for current gen mm -hmm. so overwatch released for our current gen consoles ps4 xbox and pc mm -hmm. uh, and overwatch is probably one of the best games in my opinion of this generation definitely one of the best esports games and just a fun game you can also play casually with your friends okay um, well then mr nice guy um what do you think overwatch's biggest contribution to video games has been uh biggest contribution yeah yeah i mean we could do i, I mean if you're willing to we could do uh the whole segment of video game history on overwatch and its contributions if 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 you'd like i've got something else in mind too but i mean well, you see I'll, that's I'll the problem i've never played overwatch i can't i can't really give that kind of flavor yeah so overwatch is basically a hero shooter <laughs> With with different, you know, there's tanks, there's support, there's uh, there's offensive, there's defensive characters, there's tons of maps, there's tons of objective-based modes. It's not really is, a team deathmatch type of game. Is there a payload? There is a payload okay, mode. Okay, yeah, do you, you have to protect the payload? The payload? Yep, you got to protect the payload as okay. long as you're within close proximity of the payload. It moves forward. You hit checkpoints. It gives you more time, um, and it opens new doors. And then as long as you stay near it, it keeps moving. 
Uh, the enemy is obviously trying to stop it from moving by killing all of the characters near it or also being within close proximity of it themselves. So uh, then there's modes where you just are given a random hero and uh, and it's like a, almost like a search and destroy or a counter strike where, you know, you die and you're out for the round and it's a best of seven uh, or best of five. I can't remember. And uh, just different modes like that. The coolest thing I would say, Mac, is that Blizzard continues to support this game several years after it has come out. Uh, they keep adding new heroes. They keep adding new maps. And they're smart enough to know that if you charge for that, you're going to segment the community and people won't be able to play together. So um, I remember when I bought it day one, I was super impressed. I'm still super impressed. One of the best games of this gen. Okay. One of the best games of this genera- of this console generation. You heard it here, folks. So, uh, so yeah, I guess there's more to Overwatch than I had uh, initially, you know, had initially thought. So, thank you, Mr. Nice Guy. Um, no problem. Well, one thing I wanted to touch on really quickly, then, in that case, is I wanted to touch on uh, I wanted to touch on uh, something in history that kind of picking up a torch that we had uh you know talked about previously um a while back during it was either video game history or uh legalese i think it was a, a legalese we talked a little bit about the lawsuit between uh, uh between nintendo and um oh gosh uh, atari yeah it was atari over the uh over the lockout chip right and how they made those things. Or sorry, Tengen over uh, uh, Tengen, because you would have some of those NES cartridges that had, uh, you know, that were made by Tengen, and they didn't have the NES seal, the Nintendo seal of quality, or anything like that. And uh, they were specifically made to be this sort of uh, sort of workaround. Uh, so I actually wanted to talk uh, just really quickly about uh, the uh, TMSS chip the lockout chip inside of the trademark security system uh from uh from sega genesis so awesome awesome um uh back the early sega genesis consoles did not have a lockout chip um rather what they had was they uh they didn't have a sort of lockout chip check and um back in its early release there's actually this kind of engaging tale about both electronic arts and accolade and these two video game companies were actually trying to uh, reverse engineer the, uh, you know, the workings of the Sega Genesis so that they could bypass any copy, you know, copy protections that might be had. Um, and so, interestingly enough, uh, when the people at Sega found out uh, that Electronic Arts had been working on this, they were really mad. And part of what they were, uh, uh, why they were doing it, why they were working this reverse engineering, is they wanted to be, that is to say, Electronic Arts and Accolade, they wanted to uh, be able to produce their own cartridges without having to rely on Sega. Um, of course, we are coming out of the that first gen of the Nintendo Entertainment System when Nintendo, uh, they're the ones who had final approval over games. Uh, As they should, yep. They, um, you could only release a maximum quantity of games each year for the Nintendo. And uh, that got many third-party, you know, that there were no third-party developers, strictly speaking, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, not in games. Nintendo produced the cartridges themselves. And so uh, these companies like Electronic Arts and Accolade really didn't want to 
participate in that. They wanted to have their own ability to, you know, to see to those things. And so that's why they worked on the reverse engineering. Well, in the case of, uh, of, of um, electronic arts, they showed Sega that they had done this. And while Sega was initially, you know, kind of mad about it, um, they eventually came around and basically gave electronic arts a really good licensing deal and also said hey we will have basically zero oversight over you know what's going on in there um accolade it wound up being a little bit of a different story um when accolade uh had their custom cartridges that they had made with sega games around the time that they started producing them that's when um when sega introduced the tmss the trademark security system uh chip in their games and uh when they first uh put it out um and they revealed it they actually had um uh, they actually had some people from Accolade over where they plugged in one of their games to the console. And while the people were standing there from Accolade showed that Accolade couldn't make it work anymore, that they had basically, you know, uh, locked them out. Uh, so kind of just uh, just, just a little, intri- little bit of uh, some gaming history there. Um, there's some more interesting stuff that goes on with it, especially this lengthy uh, court battle that I hope to cover, you know, in one of uh, the segments on legalese in the near future. But uh, but just a really interesting bit. Now, I've actually got a Sega Genesis without the TMSS chip, uh, which in practice, that really just means that it doesn't have a three-second delay on, uh, you know, on booting up because of the license check. But, uh, but yeah. Nice. Now, Mac, I want to make you aware, and if anyone can hear in the background, there's some very serious thunder going on uh, on my end. And so we had tornado warnings yesterday. If something happens and my power goes out, that is why. Okay. Um, So just so we're aware, but cool. Was that our gaming history or is there more? Uh, Yeah, that's our gaming history. Uh, I, I, I could go longer, but I think we should, uh, we should keep it rolling. Awesome. Well, we'll move on to our next segment, which is the topic of the week, a segment of the show where we talk about something that's relevant in gaming and give our opinions on it. Now, Mac, this is about a specific game, but I thought that this was really interesting. So I chose it for our topic of the week. Uh, This is Super Mario Maker 2, and I won't read the full title because then it gives away the article, but this is on Kotaku by Ethan Gatch. Nintendo showed off Super Mario Maker 2's new four-player competitive and co-op online modes earlier this month. And the company has now confirmed that players will only be able to matchmake online with random people, not with their friends. Earlier today, Nintendo World Report reported that a Nintendo Treehouse representative had told it at a press event last week that the game doesn't allow players to matchmake with friends online. The only way to play with people you know is to do it locally. The YouTube channel Game Explain asked Nintendo about NWR's report and was given the following statement. Quote, This is true. As the game is now, you cannot create friend lobbies online. You can only play online with randoms. You can still get friends together and play with local play, and you're free to play with four players on one Nintendo Switch system. You can also still challenge your friends to your creations and take on their designs through course IDs and having them follow your maker profile. According to Game Explain, while friends can't can play online courses together locally on the Switch, they can't match make with other people online. So it says the same thing over and over again. 
Um, it, it's a weird restriction considering that many of Nintendo's other major multiplayer games on the Switch have some way of playing online with your friends. In Splatoon 2, you can join friends' matches. In Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you simply select a friend who's racing online to join them. Even in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, whose online setup is far from ideal, you create personal arenas online that friends can join. So, and it goes on, Mac, to say that Nintendo has emphasized the multiplayer potential of this game. Are you familiar with Super Mario Maker? I am somewhat familiar with it. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Is there any rationale for having the game set up this way? I mean, I can't really see any, but um, uh, but then again, there's a lot of stuff about Super Mario Maker that seems a bit crazy. Uh, like especially, what? Uh, there are some incredibly convoluted Mario Maker levels. I have seen, I have seen things, and uh, yeah. and it's definitely kind of kind of crazy. Okay, but but that said, I mean, and people in the chat are saying things like hashtag blame Reggie. Someone said, "Good, it will save friendships." Um, uh, uh, more I, appropriately, hashtag blame Bowser. He's after all holding the reins now, right? That's right, Bowser with Mario or with uh, Nintendo, the guy who. Oh, Max is hashtag blame Bowser, <laughs> the Nintendo CEO or Nintendo president. I don't know, man. Here's my thing. Nintendo seems to always come so close to getting things right. They make an online service. They even give us a lot of really cool free stuff as far as NES games go, right? Um, but then they make it so that you can't have a microphone because they don't want people to be able to communicate. Uh, then they say, hey, this new Super Mario Maker game is going to be so awesome. You can play it online, but you can only play it with people you don't know. I, I guess I would just like to go to Nintendo and figure out who makes these decisions and why they're making them. Because to me, not all of my friends live close to me. And the whole point of online gaming is that you can still stay connected with your friends and your family and even meet cool people, but do it over the internet. So if I was to meet a cool random who's really good at the game, if I was to add them as a friend... I could never matchmake and play this game with them again. And and Mac, have you ever had that experience where you're playing a game online, you meet someone who's cool, and then you add them as a friend on Steam or anything like that? Um, it's okay if the answer's no. I've I, had that experience. Have you? Not really. There, I, there haven't been that many. I have played with people, and they've invited me to groups uh, before on Steam, but I don't think I've friended anybody uh, that I've met while playing a game on Steam. But then again, keep in mind, multiplayer online is not my usual genre. Okay, fair enough. So, um, people in the in the chat have some interesting comments. Someone says Nintendo needs to get with it. I mean, look at Reggie. Look at him. I'm not sure what that comment means, uh, but I like it. Someone else says, it's pretty disingenuous to call NES games free. It only comes part of another purchase. Personally, I view the NES games more as a way to add perceived value to the price they want to charge than actually a good thing themselves. Uh, I would disagree with that. I would, I would really disagree with that because they're giving us some games that are harder to find. So I, I think it's actually kind of cool that they're doing that in addition to charging us only $20 a year because those servers aren't free to maintain. 
So, I don't know. I mean, let us know in the chat what you guys think about this. I think that it's absolutely asinine that they're not allowing you to play with your friends. Like the article said, every other multiplayer game has a way for you to play with your friends. So, it sucks that I'm not going to be able to play this with my brother who lives in Seattle. But we'll just have to figure something out. And Mac, if you have any last thoughts, let me know, man. Yeah, no, I think it's pretty nonsense, and uh, it, you know, it's a shame that it's a shame that Bowser isn't going to let us have nice things. But that's exactly I guess that's right. what we get for having a villain at the helm. That's right, and that has been our topic of the week. Back over to you, Mac. All right. Well, now we're going to take a look at a game that is being uh, well, that's in production. Uh, they're currently searching for funds to help them out on Kickstarter. We call this Kick or Kickstart, where we talk about the virtues, the vices, and then at the end we say whether or not we think this should be kicked out of here or it should be kickstarted. I've posted a link in the chat for anybody who is here with us live to take a look. This game is called Green. The green is an acronym in this particular point place because it's abbreviated green the life algorithm so all right let's just let me just get out of the way this is a 2d action adventure game so it's side scrolling which instantly tugs at my heartstrings this we know uh, i try to reach out sometimes and move to other genres but side scrolling platformers always always make me feel like home uh in general this is a sort of uh kind of a post-apocalyptic thing where rather than uh, the downfall of humanity coming from a nuclear explosions or um, technology run amok, it is uh, biotechnology run amok. Um, you know, uh, genetically augmented uh, plants, basically. Uh, flora and fauna have been the cause of the Earth's essentially downfall and the near extinction of humanity. Hey, so, Mac, real quick, would you mind posting that link again for me? Sure, sure. I'll post it once more in the chat. There you go. <clears throat> for anybody who didn't get the first time. So, um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, right, right. Uh, so it's uh, got puzzles. It's got things for you to do. One thing that is interesting about it, though, is that in gameplay, um, you don't actually destroy any, uh, you know, any enemies. You just can basically petrify them, turn them to stone, and then you use them for platforming purposes, which uh, is definitely kind of cool. Um, they are going for 15000 nearly $16,000 to make the game, supposedly launching um, on, let me just find it right here, uh, supposedly launching sometime in September 2019. <clears throat> um, getting yourself a into basically the closed beta costs a little bit more money, and that's also listed as being launching in September 2019, so... Uh, so I'm not sure uh, exactly where their how their release schedule is looking at this point. Everything seems to be pointing to September 2019. Um, the minimum buy-in in order to get a copy of this game uh, would be uh, 300. Oh no, sorry, reading the wrong one. Currency conversions, uh, $16. Uh, the hope is to publish it on, uh, let's see, PC for via Steam, PS4, Xbox One. And they're hoping Nintendo Switch as well. That is not listed as a stretch goal, the, the uh, Switch release. It's listed as just being part of the releases. Uh, it will be a digital release on all those platforms rather than a physical release. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, the music is fantastic. 
they've got a uh, they've got a, a new retro wave, a synth wave type thing to it, which is a really kind of fun. Um, and uh, what I've heard, I already like. So I love the music. I think it's a cool idea, idea, and it's a pretty inexpensive buy-in. Now, on the downsides, uh, this is their first attempt at making a game uh, with, uh, you know, via Kickstarter, and I think it's their first game project completely. Um, the release date of September seems a little bit soon, um, and $150, I'm the type of person who loves having beta access, but in order to get into the beta, beta, you're looking at $150 of Kickstarter backing. And now, personally, I don't mind paying a little bit more, but if it's $15 for a copy of the game and $150 in order to get into the beta, I don't know if I want to be in the beta 10 times more than I want the game, you know? So, uh, so yeah. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy, anything uh, stand out to you about this one? Yeah, you know what? It looks like Hollow Knight meets, um, meets like, Limbo. It has, like, kind of a dark feel, um, but also, like, a certain amount of, like, uh, colorful happiness, if that makes sense, in the art style. So it's not too dark and grim, but it does definitely have that underworld type of thing going on. Um, I like it. I was look- looking at the animations, and they look really smooth. There was one animation on here where the main character is, like, dragging a little dinosaur thing around. Mm-hmm. And it looked extremely rough once he picked up the dinosaur and started pulling it. And mm-hmm. I know that's nitpicky. But just looking at the videos, everything else looked so smooth. I don't know why they kind of messed up that one animation. Um, whoever their artist is, though, is doing a really, really good job of creating creatures that just appear like they're actually living within mm-hmm. this game world. Uh, so I like what they're doing with the art. I like the price point of the game. I think $16, very reasonable, especially for an unknown studio or group of people making a game. Um I guess I, I'm the only thing I'm having trouble navigating is some of the goals because it's not in English at first, and that's fine. I'm not saying it should be. I'm just saying that I'm having some trouble figuring out what some of these stretch goals are and things like that. Yeah, yeah. The stretch goals actually don't have especially, uh, the, you know, I mean, uh, or, yeah, the stretch goals, there's only one uh, stretch goal that's that's listed under stretch goals at the moment, and it's just like... Uh, we can't promise any additional content if we reach further stretch further goals so they don't really have any stretch goals but we will make sure to make great great use of your money to improve and polish the game's quality so yeah i don't think they've got any stretch goals just the 15,000 or so nearly 16,000 to uh to get it off the ground um so for for my part though mr nice guy um, you know what I'm gonna say. I'm the big playable demo man, and there's no playable demo as a part of this. And while there is a lot of, you know, while there are a lot of good-looking concepts and some nice, you know, uh, some nice renders, some nice things here, I don't really have any proof that they are as far along in the game as they want me to believe. And without a demo, I can't confirm that. And if they're going to be releasing in September, I mean, that's four months away. Nearly, uh, you know, uh, almost a little bit less because we're coming into June. 
And I just don't know that they've got what it takes to get it there. I don't have an idea of how long the game is going to be. That's another thing that's really nice about when people put the playable demos out, because you can say, ah, the playable demo is this long, and you should expect to have this much longer after the playable demo ends type thing. So, uh, you know, give people a better idea of what sort of, uh, what sort of value they're getting for their money. Um, so a lot of cool ideas, uh, reasonable price point if all you're looking for is a copy of the game, but uh, uh, I've got to say kick it. Not that I don't like it, but that unfortunately there's just too much uncertainty for me. Yeah, and you know what? I'm actually going to say kickstart it okay. um, because if they really are as far along as they say, it makes sense that they're only asking for $15,000 for that last push. Now, typically, when we see someone asking for less, let's say less than thirty thousand, it's because they clearly haven't done the math and they don't know how much it costs to eat and still survive while producing a game, uh, and pay rent and pay legal fees and all that. These people, if they're really as long as far along as they say, maybe this is just the last last push that they need to get the game finished. So I like what I see. Um, it would not be a day one purchase for me, but like the switch has so many sales. If this was 15 bucks and then went on sale for seven, I'd pick it up. Mm. So I'd like to see this made. And I, I say kickstart. Well, a kickstart from Mr. Nice Guy, a kick it from me. We wish this company the best. We hope it gets funded. Of course, uh, we turn it over to you. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know in the chat, whether it should be kick or kickstarted in your opinion we're tallying the results from here and that's what i had today for kick or kickstart back over to you mr nice guy all right ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's time for the nerdiest gaming game show that there is it's a segment we like to call nerd flex see we did the ducktales thing we, there kind we of we did we did we all did right. it we did it. We did it. Um, we have three questions. We got to figure out either what is wrong with them or what they refer to. And uh, and so I'm going to read these questions that we got sent today. So the first one, and it looks like with this week's questions, we're trying to figure out what game uh, the question refers to. So I'll read the um, first question, I, I think. I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're, uh, they're statements with something wrong with them. So oh, are I, we? I don't think, okay. yeah, I don't think we're referring, we're trying to identify him. I'm pretty sure that, that it's something, something's wrong. We gotta, we gotta correct it. Okay, fantastic. So the first one, first statement uh, says, the flood were discovered and used as an anti-human weapon by the forerunners to bring an end to the human forerunner war more quickly but this ended up backfiring on the forerunners, causing their inevitable extinction. Oh. Um, okay, so we might have to rely on you for this one, Mr. Nice Guy, because I've played Halo 1 and Halo 2, and my understanding from Halo 1 was that the uh, Flood were designed to like take out all life, not just like one set of people. Um... And I'll be honest, man, whenever I play Halo, my oh, eyes oh. cross and I... Oh, hang what? on. No, no, no. It was the rings. The rings were designed to... The Halos were designed to wipe out all life, taking out food source for the Flood. But I don't... I, I honestly don't know. I know it's a reference to that series. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Because the Flood are a character or an enemy in Halo. So, mm -hmm. um... Phew. 
I'll be honest. You guys want to help us in the chat? I'm not sure. Yeah, we're going to need some help on this one. It looks like we've been uh, like we've been stumped by this one. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I I don't know what's wrong with that statement. Ugh, I mean, if it's, if it's supposed to talk about a specific one, I'm I'm just gonna say I'm gonna go with Halo Two. Okay, sure, I. Mm. Because <laughs> I'm honestly just guessing. Yeah. And people in the chat don't seem to know either, which is totally okay. We still love you guys and girls. Okay. Um, we've been we've been stumped. What's the uh, what's the answer? So I'm gonna read the answer. The answer is Halo, which I assume refers to Halo CE. Wait, um, isn't there isn't there an answer? You know, like uh, an answer to that question. Sorry, I just forwarded you the thing that I got. Yeah, yeah. That you was know, because I can't, I can't look at it before I, uh, before I send it over to you. Otherwise, that's an unfair advantage. So, uh, um, I no, may not these, have these, provided the answers, or I may not. These are kind of have... confusing. These are kind of confusing. So maybe it's not what game it refers to. Maybe, maybe we're missing the answers this week. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I say let's soldier on uh, and see if we can't get the others, but. Uh, Okay. Yeah, that so, might be on me because that's that's the problem, guys. I, in order for me to not have an unfair advantage, I just have to send. We just have to send nice guy with whatever we got. Neither of us have the ability to double okay. check stuff before the show. That's okay. So yeah, I think these are all just because yeah, it actually okay. So here's what the next one says. It says Age of Empires two. Okay. With all techs not selected when starting a game and using no cheat codes. Each culture is equally balanced with complementing advantages and disadvantages that makes for an even playing field among both humans and AI alike, making it extremely difficult to have a broken gaming experience. Okay, so I'm also at a disadvantage here because I am aware of Age of Empires. Uh, I Dude, know that's so many PC people game. who love it. Yeah, yeah, and many people love it, but uh, but I was more a Civilization guy than an Age of Empires guy. Um, uh, so I'm going to say I, that I I think that there's at least one uh, there's at least one group in Age of Empires two that probably has an unfair advantage. Now with, here's uh, what I'll say. Yes. So here's what I'll say. Age of Empires two. The Persians were always OP. They were always overpowered. Because they had these big elephants that you could b- make uh-huh. that would just go and take down everything. So uh-huh. I'm going to assume that's not true and that the Persian uh, culture in the game still had an unfair advantage. Okay. That's my I'm, guess for that one. I'm We're inclined to roll agree with, with you. And then the last one deals with Fallout New Vegas. Uh, and it says, even if you commit constant war against members of Caesar's Legion, you can still engage with Caesar in the game despite the courier's standing with the faction. Uh, and it says in, in parentheses, my answer for this stems from a personal gameplay experience. Okay. Um, I'm Okay, Mr. Nice Guy, you know me. A, uh, Fallout New Vegas, it, it's on my list. I, I, I own the game, but I still have not yet played it. Um, so, uh, but you have, right? I haven't played New Vegas, man, but I've played the other ones. Okay. Um, so I'm going to assume, because typically in these games, when you commit a crime against uh, an NPC or a culture of NPCs, they, they pretty much will run you out of town 
or and anytime you try to come back they'll try to kill you so i'm gonna guess that that's false that you cannot still stand by caesar if you commit crimes against that village yeah if you've if you've uh, killed people in that faction they won't and you know the only game i can remember where i've where it's had a sort of faction system was actually the old mech warrior games you could uh, choose to take contracts from one faction against another and then you know if you like ever went to that faction's territory they would hang you as a traitor so uh and you know a spy saboteur all of the above so yeah, I, um, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, agree with you. I, I think that's, that's the answer. Sorry, uh, sorry that we don't have, uh, questions this time. We are looking for a quiz master. That's, uh, that's the take-home message this time around. But, uh, but yeah, um. No worries, that's been Nerdflex. Still fun to read the questions. Indeed. And we'll have, next week we'll have three new questions with the answers. Yes. Or whatever's wrong with them, so... Mac, back over to you, man. All right. Well, uh, 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 now it's time for us to talk a little bit of legalese. Legalese. So I am not a lawyer. I just play one on this podcast. And uh, I have to admit that this time, this year's, or uh, this year's, this week's legalese is not as interesting as some of the ones we've had in the past. But don't, but don't run away just yet. Because it still is interesting just not quite as interesting from a uh, from a precedent standpoint um, this happens to have been in the news recently um, because it, it revolves around the uh, the current legal action the current suing that a fortnite player is suing his team so in general, the keep in mind everyone anyone can really sue anyone without needing any uh, you know you can sue for any reason whatsoever. Um, whether or not it goes anywhere is depending on the merits of the case. So, what's going on is there is a Fortnite player who has uh, who's recently uh, filed suit against his team and I'm just trying to pull up the details back here we go um, Turner Tenney is the name of the uh, of the of the Fortnite player he goes by the handle uh, Tifu. I think that's how you say it I don't yep, follow Fortnite yep. I heard about this oh you've yeah. heard about it yeah okay yep. so uh, basically what's going on is his suit uh, he's claiming in his suit that the uh, that the group that he's a part of, uh, which is what is it? Was it Phase Clan um, or the Phase yep. Clan? Uh, that they are taking eighty percent of the revenue um, that he generates. Uh, in turn, um, he claims that that is part that it that that is part of his contract. That he was contracted with some kind of of large amount of of that, and that's basically untenable. Um, interestingly enough, the there was a response to the legal suit that's uh, that's been filed, where the Phase Clan did kind of say sort of the opposite, and they're like, "Hey, we've taken no money at all so far, and we've only taken a small amount of money where he's made millions of dollars." So, uh, you know, uh, contracts are different with every player including him, but we have a maximum of 20% that we can claim in winnings and revenue with 80% going to the player. Um, so, yeah. 
it's it's not especially interesting in the sense that a lot of stuff doesn't really hinge on it. There have been many circumstances in many different areas where uh, where employment contracts or the like um, have turned out to be when people have signed them not especially beneficial, right? But this is, I think, the first time that we've had somebody try and sue, or at least someone this high profile, try and sue their, you know, sue their team um, for their revenue share. So, yeah, we'll see where this goes. Uh, I think only during the course of the actual litigation will we ever see the contract produced, the terms of the contract produced, and that might actually lead to some interesting insight into what exactly happens in these, like uh, what the usual terms are. Are these terms, in fact, normal? What kinds of things people have to agree to? Because there are some truly interesting, uh, there are truly some interesting occupations, I guess you would say, that are in the public eye that have really strange terms sometimes. So this isn't interesting so much for what it's got as we might be able to take a look behind the curtain eventually if this does wind up going to court and see some of the terms in a, you know, highly ranked competitive esport field, what those sorts of contracts and terms look like. So yeah, it could be very interesting. Yeah, and I think that the team and I don't I didn't catch if you said this. I think you didn't. But I think that the team came back and they said, "Hey, yeah, we had to take a portion of revenue, but we don't take any of their Twitch revenue. Um, we don't take any of their revenue from YouTube. You know, we've given these guys a platform to build a brand, to compete on a high level and to be in the public eye." And as a result of that, they've been able to kind of go off and do their own thing. They get Twitch donations, they're Twitch partners, and we don't take any of that. So I see both sides of the argument. Like you said, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, we'll basically just have to wait until we see what the terms of the contract are. So, But that has been a little bit of legalese. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's almost the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 104 of Two Nerds in a Pod. But before we go, we like to do one last segment called What We've Been Watching and What We've Been Playing, where we talk about just that, the cool nerdy stuff we've been watching and the cool nerdy stuff we've been playing. And you have a job to do if you're here with us live, and that's to let us know in the chat what stuff you've been into, because we're always looking for cool nerdy stuff to get into. So Mac, on my end, just watched the most recent how to Train Your Dragon movie. Uh, and I'll say, I feel like those movies got worse and worse as uh, as they kept making more of them. I feel like the first one was the best one. But good movie regardless. I like the stuff DreamWorks is doing overall. Uh, also, still watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Love that show, Mac. feel like you should give it a second chance. I'm just saying. Everything Marvel is good, they can do no wrong. Um... As far as what I've been playing, I've been pretty much all about that Apex Legends life. Got a couple wins on the PS4, got a couple wins on the Xbox. Gibraltar is my main. Uh, Really, really, really enjoying that game. Like before the stream today, I hopped on and was playing it. Uh, It's it's just a fun game. Hop in, hop off, get games in quickly. Better than Fortnite. Uh, it's, It's a good battle royale. So that's it for me, man. How about you? Well, uh, for me, I haven't been playing much in the way of video games. Uh, maybe a little bit of Chasm, of course, keeping up on that uh, the daily and weekly matches. Um, let's see. 
most of what I've been doing lately has been uh, tabletop RPG related, um, which I have a heck of a good time with and uh, have uh, three groups going on at the same time, uh, which kind of sometimes gets a touch overwhelming some weeks. But for the most part, it is delightful. Um, So yeah, mostly tabletop RPGs. As for what I've been watching, uh, Mrs. The Mac and I, we have been enjoying, of course, New DuckTales, which is uh, fantastic. Um, We have been enjoying Lucifer. And... uh, uh, and of course, we always have a little bit of Star Trek, uh, whether that's next gen or Voyager, just kind of, you know, interspersed with things. Love, love Star Trek. So, yeah, that's what we've been watching and what we've been uh, playing over here. Now, Mac, have you ever heard of a show called Sneaky Pete? Sneaky Pete. Yeah, I've heard of it. Is it an Amazon? Uh, it ex- is. It is. Yeah. And I think it has Brian Cranston and I haven't watched it. But I immediately thought Walter White is in the show. I may have to check it out. So I was wondering if you have seen it and if it's worth time to put into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it sounds mm-hmm. like you're as unfamiliar with it as I am. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't have any experience with it yet. Okay, no worries. Well, you know what's crazy? There's there's a lot of our regulars in here. And not a ton of people are responding. So maybe they're just too busy to watch nerdy stuff and play nerdy stuff. You know, it is a busy time of it is a busy time. Maybe a lot of us are thinking about uh, the nerdy stuff that's coming out soon. Like, for example, Black Mirror that's coming out uh, that I'm really excited for at the beginning of June. So, yeah, I mean, maybe we're all just a little bit hyped about not so much what we're watching, but what we will be watching. I could see that. Yeah, no, we did have a couple people respond, though. Do you want to just respond, read the little yeah, things absolutely. that people put? Go for it, man. Absolutely. So uh, for playing, we've got uh, playing Infra, Surviving Mars, um, and Homesick. And, ooh, uh, Kane started watching the HBO Chernobyl series. Um, I have heard good things about that Chernobyl series. Um, un- yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I look forward to trying that lately. Uh, we've got some uh, League of Legends, and uh, that's about it for poor Robo Ridley. But he'll finally get some times once uh, once school is out in this Friday. So good luck for you. Oh, oh, also on the subject of this Friday, I'll talk about it more later, but I'm going to go on a motorcycle trip with my dad for a couple of days. So uh, a fun yearly tradition to observe. And beginning of next week, right? I do that thing with my uh, with all of my nieces and nephews where we make a movie in a day, where we make a five-minute mini-film um, from beginning to end in a day. So I'm quite looking forward to that next week as well. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, looks like that's, uh, that's all that we want to share today. And uh, don't forget, if you're listening to us on your podcast platform of choice... Remember to uh, let us know, uh, leave us a rating, let us know what you think, that we're doing a good job. Much appreciated. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. That's our show. We'll be back next week here on twitch.tv backslash two nerds in a pod, 9 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Same bat place, same bat time, same bat rhymes. Keep it nerdy, y'all. Deuces. Laters. <laughs>